Social Zoom Factor, episode 82. Hey, Zoomers, we are getting started in just a few seconds. But in order to Zoom, you need fuel. Our sponsors give us that fuel. Take a minute now to learn more about them. Do you ever feel stuck in a rut? Like your online business and social business isn't all that it could be? The Marketing Nuts Agency helps small businesses clear up to the Fortune 50 brands, provide clarity and vision for current and future programs. The Marketing Nuts believe in ROI-driven decision-making while still inspiring audiences with relevant content. From social business strategy and consultation, influencer marketing, to corporate training and workshops, and fully outsourced digital and social programs. The Marketing Nuts helps you prioritize your investment, impact business goals, and inspire your audience to invest in a relationship with you. To start the conversation, visit www.themarketingnutswithaz.com. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life zoomed. Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. Today, I'm going to talk about something a little different, and we're going to talk about our kids, because as you know, this podcast is about Zooming your life, and we talk about things that impact our life and our business, and I know we have many, many family members out there who have children online, and this is something that is just near and dear to my heart, and we actually do quite a bit of education with online and offline groups and events, and we help families, we help churches, we help nonprofit organizations and and profit organizations figure out and help their communities with how to leverage social media, how to teach teens and children the positives as well as the risks associated with social media. And so for today, what we're going to talk about is your children's online reputation. And the fact is that your child's online reputation is in your Facebook hands. It's in your Twitter hands, your Instagram hands, your blog hands. The things that you say about your children online impact your child's reputation now and all the way into their future. Have you ever thought about that? There are many parents I can tell you that are not thinking about that. They are posting all sorts of things, good or bad, that they're not even thinking about the impact that that could have down line at impacting their child's reputation. Maybe their child's ability to get a job when they're a teenager, you know, able to get a promotion at work, able to get a certain part in a play or a church or wherever that may be. I'm going to give you a couple examples, and I can't tell you how many times, unfortunately, I have seen this on Facebook. Story usually goes something like this. Kid does something wrong. That's the first thing that happens. Does something wrong that ticks off the parent. Parent implements a consequence, such as grounding, taking away the car, shaming them, whatever it may be. Parent then goes and vents on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, who knows where. Next, child vents on Facebook, Twitter, text, and who knows where else. So the parent has now vented about the issue. The child has now vented about the issue. 
Maybe the issue was there was a messy room. So parent goes and takes a photo of the messy room of the wrecked car or maybe even of the mad teenager. Parent then posts the photo and or another updated status that shows just how frustrated and impatient they are with this situation. And then parent and child go about their life. They make up, they forgive one another, and luckily they forget about the situation. Forget, forgive, move on, all right? However, parent does not ever update the social network status on Facebook or wherever it was that everything worked out great and that their child is now back to the perfect angel that all the holiday cards are going to depict that they are. So now you might be asking, what's the problem, Pam? What is the point of this podcast? Why is it a problem to complain about my kids constantly on Facebook? Isn't it part of my life with having teenagers? Isn't it part of sharing everything that we do and what's on our mind on Facebook? I mean, when you log into Facebook, what does it say? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Tell me about your day. That's what everybody does. What's on your mind are the exact words that Facebook asks you. This doesn't mean that you always have to share exactly what is on your mind. You can use a layer of transparency that is thicker than what you would normally share with your family in the insides of your walls. And there's another podcast I have on the difference between authenticity and transparency when it comes to social media. And I highly, highly encourage you to check that out. I will put links to it in the show notes page for this podcast, which is socialzoomfactor.com slash 82, because this is episode 82. But there's a big difference between authenticity and transparency, okay? Authenticity means you're the real deal. It means you're telling the truth. You are sharing the real you. Transparency, on the other hand, is how much you share. You don't have to share every single thing about your child, every single thing about your family in order to be authentic. It is okay to have a filter in what you are sharing. It is your responsibility, in my opinion, as a parent to make sure that you are protecting your teenager. And I know for a fact, many of the the families and teenagers that we work with, they don't have intentions of hurting their child. Most parents don't want to hurt their child's reputation. They want their child to be successful. And what happens is in the heat of the moment, they update these things on Facebook and they're not really thinking about it because they feel that they are in a comfortable environment. They're with their quote unquote friends on Facebook. So they feel it's okay because everyone else is complaining about their teenagers. You know, I have seen moms that have posted sick pictures of their kids' rooms. I mean, there was one mom and she actually posted a picture of just dishes and yucky food and things that were her daughter threw underneath the bed. And she was trying to embarrass her on Facebook. Now, let's talk about why is this bad? Okay. I own an agency, a marketing and social business, digital marketing branding agency. And as these teenagers are starting to get older, some of them have degrees or are pursuing a career in marketing, in business. They're interested in working with me. What happens when that girl, that teenage girl who just graduated from high school, 
wants to get a job. And let's say she's looking for a job in marketing and she comes to me to apply for a job. What is the last memory that I have ingrained in my head about this sweet teenager? Because I know this girl I'm referencing, she is a good kid. She is a good person. She could likely be somebody I could hire at some point in time, bring her on as a paid intern and, you know, see where we could take it. But guess what? I have this image of her room that is just disgusting ingrained into my brain, all right? It is that personal brand that the mom has formed for her daughter without meaning to, and it is impacting her already negatively without parents even understanding the impact of what it is having in a negative or positive way on their child's life. So the next question is, where do you draw the line? Where and when is it okay to publish content about your kids? And the answer is, I can't answer these questions for you in this podcast today because I don't know you. I don't know your kids. I don't know who you are and where you're coming from. But we help parents with matters like these. And the best advice that I can give to you is just remember what happens on Facebook, what happens on Twitter goes everywhere. It's it's one of those things, what happens on Facebook doesn't stay on Facebook. There's screen captures that are taken. If you're sending a tweet, you know, it could be sent all over who knows where. And that the most important thing is that it is ingrained into people's heads when they see these images, when they constantly see complaining about a child or a team. So why should you think twice about what you post to the social networks about your children? I'm going to talk through some tips for you on here. I have five reasons why you need to think twice about what you post. Number one, you are your kid's first online entry. So you are building their reputation oftentimes before they're born. And I had my kids, my kids are now 10 and 14. So Facebook was just coming around and I wasn't even on Facebook yet. I don't think for either one of them, maybe for my second one, I was, it was, I wasn't even on it yet. You know, I remember being on the forums for the baby center forums or whatever it was at that time. But nowadays when people are having babies, their kids are getting a reputation. (laughs) That personal brand is being built for that child. A lot of times people are building out those Facebook pages before the child is even born. And the key here is on a positive note, you have control of how the reputation is kicked off and how it is nurtured. You can help that situation instead of hurt it. Number two, your kids are learning from your behavior. Okay, so they are watching you very close. They know what you're posting to Facebook. They know if you are spending all day gossiping on your neighborhood Facebook group or if you are constantly complaining about your status updates about everybody on the planet. You are teaching them as a role model how they should behave. So if you are going to bash them, they're probably going to turn around and bash and bully their friends. Okay, they're going to follow and mimic your behavior. Number three is there are likely people who you are connected to via the social networks that have influence over their online success, status, or reputation. You may even be connected to some of these people without knowing it. Those could include law enforcement, teachers, school authority, uh, community leaders, potential or current employers, as I mentioned, and the list goes on and on and on. Number four is you are making a lasting impact on all people who are connected to you. So 
every single post that you post about your child, whether it be a messy room, a mean status update, or a video leaves a personal brand imprint of your son or daughter. And number five is that what happens on Facebook goes to Twitter, neighborhood parties, school classrooms, and phone conversations. Nothing posted on a social network should be considered private ever, ever, ever. So I want to encourage parents to take a positive role in helping their kids properly manage their online reputation. Don't be the person that teaches them online reputations don't matter because the truth is they do. Social media is real life. It's not fake. And even if you are not on social media and your children are, you better be getting on there to help them understand how to build their reputation. And I'll be doing some more podcasts later to help you with that. But social media can either be used as an opportunity to nurture and grow positive relationships, or it can be used to destroy one another. And I encourage you to choose the first and teach your children and your teens to do the same. Now, I want to share with you six proactive social media reputation management tips for parents, okay? Number one is you can say no. You do not have to let your child on Facebook, Twitter, or any social network. My oldest son is 14, and he just recently in the last year got onto Facebook, and he is brand new to Facebook. We are very strict with what he is enabled to do, and trust me, I own a social media agency. My partner and I, my partner is my partner in business and life, my husband, Josh, and we know about social networking. We know about Facebook. I know Facebook privacy settings inside and out, and I also know the dangers, okay? So I know how to help protect my son, and you must make sure that you take that active role and that if you are not educated, you have the ability to say no. You do not have to be bullied into letting them onto these social networks. Number two is you can monitor. Do not feel guilty monitoring what your child is doing on the social networks. Make sure that you have a contract with them if you want to do that. Make sure that they know what the repercussions are going to be if they don't follow the rules that you set. Treat it the same way that you would if something was going on offline. You wouldn't just ignore it if the problem was offline. If they were doing something bad down the road and they were putting themselves at risk at getting kidnapped or you know attacked by somebody or bullied, you wouldn't ignore that. So why would you ignore the same thing online? You need to monitor it and know what is happening, know what communities they are a part of, trust that gut feeling, you know, and really, if you have a bad gut feeling about something, check it out. Number three is make sure that you educate yourself on the details of how to set up the profile settings and privacy settings on Facebook and any social network for that matter. So that could be Instagram, that could be Kick, that could be Snapchat. Make sure you know who they are connected with, who they are talking to, what are their privacy settings. Take a look at their followers. Take a look at the people that they're talking to. If you see that there are just hundreds of people that they are talking to that they don't know, you might want 
want to just have them start all over on those accounts. And I don't care if they get mad. Your job first is to be a parent, not to just be their social media best friend. So educate yourself on the settings and do an audit and figure out, are they already in danger? Is is their profile too connected to just too many freakazoids out there that it's more safe just to, to start fresh? And if you need to start fresh, have the guts to help them start fresh. Number four is check that they do not have more than one profile. And I will tell you a quick story here. I have a really good friend who I know from church and from the neighborhood, and she was very actively involved in an old neighborhood I lived in, which was a pretty large neighborhood. It was a master planned community. And she was very, very involved in one of the neighborhood Facebook groups. There were over 1,200 people on this Facebook group. And she knows how to run Facebook. She knows privacy settings. So I'm telling you this because I want you to know she is a very social savvy mom, very engaged with her kids. Uh, They are in all the sports. That's kind of how I got to know her. They're in all the local uh, teams and leagues and she's involved in church and does all sorts of things. I mean, their kids are their life. Well, they found out after about a year of her running this online board on Facebook that her daughter had an entire second Facebook profile account. Okay. She got on there and found out that her daughter was actually doing drugs at the time. They were testing out marijuana and she was very young. I think she was in Oh, it might have been she was her first year in high school or late um, middle school, junior high. And uh, she was actually doing marijuana even in her house. Okay. And I'll tell you, this is a mom. You would never, you would just think she would absolutely know what was going on. Well, she didn't know. Okay. She didn't know what was happening. And her daughter had this other account. And all of these kids that we knew, these teenagers all had fake accounts and they were all talking to each other with these fake accounts. And they had the other accounts that was parent friendly on Facebook. So you need to make sure that you know what's going on and think about it. If she had not taken time to monitor and to trust her gut feeling, she would have never done the double click and done the digging to find out what was really happening with her daughter. But she trusted her gut. She knew something was going on and she was not afraid to dig into that profile. And she could have potentially saved her daughter's life. There was a lot of children that were saved and pulled out of some really bad behaviors they were starting. And these are good kids. This was a very affluent neighborhood. These are educated parents that know how to detect these things. You know, they thought that they knew. And so I'm telling you this because it can happen to anybody. And this is coming from a mom who is involved with their kids, stay at home mom. So since then she started homeschooling and submit have made some huge changes because of this. Number five is think twice before you vent about your child. And just as you would do with a work email or something professionally, you would hopefully take a deep breath and walk away from the keyboard. And you need to do the same thing before you type or rant that post on your mobile device. You know, before you go take a picture of that messy room and trust me, I have a 14-year-old son, so I know how tempting that can be. (laughs) I actually walked by his room tonight and I thought, what is that mess going on in there? you know what? I'm not going to take a picture of it and go post it to Facebook. 
I'm going to nicely go encourage him, inspire him to clean it up. Otherwise, there will be some consequences. But I'm not going to go tweet about it. I don't want to have that be the image that is ingrained in other people's heads. So just think twice before you post something. And number six is turn off and become a hands-free family, okay? So if you are getting so frustrated with your child online or offline, maybe it is time that you all schedule some time offline together. And there is a site called handsfreemama.com and I want you to check it out. It is a site that has changed our life. And year, several years ago, my son, my youngest was about seven at the time. And we happened up on the handsfreemama.com. You can do a search for her out on Twitter at pound handsfreemama. And her story is basically, she started this, this revolution a few years ago. And I believe she was at one of her daughter's recitals and she was on her phone. This is a mom and she's married and, and was watching the recital and it just hit her at that moment. And she thought, as she's watching her daughter up on stage and she thought, is it going to be more important in five years from now, 10 years from now, that I send this email or whatever it was she was doing on her mobile device, or is it going to be more important that I look up on stage and I have eye contact with my daughter and my daughter sees that I'm watching her and that I am engaged with her and her life. And at that moment, she made the decision to live in the moment and to be a hands-free mama. That doesn't mean that you have to be a hands-free family all the time. But what it means is that you take time out of this crazy, busy, digital, connected world to connect as human beings, as a family. And if you feel that you're sitting at dinners and everybody is just staring at their phones and you know every, the kids are gossiping about other kids, turn it off. Be that role model that says, you know what, we're putting our phones down. And when I first came up on the handsfreemama.com site, my husband was actually the first one to find it. I went to my son, who was about seven years old at the time, and he was in the middle of a, a really big baseball season. And I went to him and I said, you know what, Ty, I said, what would happen if mom came to your baseball practice and your baseball games? And every time you looked at me, I was looking at you and I was not looking at my phone. And I said, and particularly on those game days. And what if my phone was in my bag and you knew it was not in my hand? And he looked at me with his little blue eyes and he had tears that started to pour down his face. And he looked at me and he said, mom, I would love that. And so from that moment on, it's all I can do to not cry telling you the story, from that moment on, we became a hands-free family. And I can't tell you that it's easy, that it's something that I don't struggle with, but I'll tell you, on the days that I know that I want to just scream, like I want to just post something about my kids or whatever it may be, or even my husband or my life or my you know team or my whatever it may be, my dog, I know that it's time to turn off the digital. It's time to get back to real human being connection and relationships. So I want to encourage you to check that out. So 
I know that your time is valuable, and I know today was a little bit different take on the podcast, uh, but we have to humanize this every now and then, and we need to talk about things that are real and not just about content calendars and inventory calendars and ROI, and I want to make sure in this podcast that I am bringing you a human factor because that is the only way we are going to Zoom our life is if we we are focusing on the human side of our business and our life. So this series is going to be called Human Factor, and I encourage you to, to follow us, and I'll include some of the other episodes that I've done, um, more human-related topics, and I've done some more. There's a couple others where I've talked about, you know, unplugging and, and really living your life, not just being addicted to the social. So I will make sure that I I include those at the show notes page for this podcast. But thank you so much for your time today. And I hope that you have an amazing week in the rest of the year 2014. And as we head into 2015, that's a wrap. If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor. Zoom Factor.